Hey there, thank you so much for clicking on this message today. I wanted to take a minute just to introduce myself. My name is Jean-Michel and together with my wife, I lead Collective Church. And you're going to hear a message preached from one of our Sunday services. And I really pray that it blesses you today. So thank you again for clicking on and enjoy the sermon. this morning and talk to you about a mulberry tree. Yes, I do. It's not a biblical mulberry tree. It doesn't come from the Bible. It comes from my parents' house is where it comes from. And it was my favorite tree growing up. As a kid, I lived in that tree or in the pool or on the swings. I was kind of an outdoors kid for sure. Um, Until the PlayStation. I think the PlayStation had a bit of an impact on my outdoor experience. So you can see by my tan, I... uh, I still spend most of my time inside. (laughs) But as I was growing up, I had this mulberry tree that I used to climb. It was this massive thing. I don't know when it was planted. I think my father planted it. And uh, and it grew into this massive thing. And the the most beautiful and sometimes annoying, at least for my mom, uh, part was the fruit that came from this mulberry tree, right? It was these massive purple, delicious, sweet, juicy mulberries that used to come off of this tree. And also, it would go on our socks and in our shirts, and I would step on it all day, and I would come in with stains all over my arms, and that would never go away. I think I still have some of those stains on my body from those mulberries, but it was beautiful, and I loved that tree because it was massive. I could climb it and get all the way to the top, and even some of my little dogs would, like, climb up the tree with me, and I'd have to, like, help them down because once they were up, there was no way they were getting back down, right? It was beautiful, and I think back to those times, even now as an adult, I remember those moments, and just it being so beautiful, and I think about that tree because a couple years back, I think there was flooding or some kind of issue, and that tree fell over, it just by itself, and it was this massive, strong, sturdy tree, just out of nowhere, that tree was gone, and it was actually a sad moment. You think, well, it was just a tree. But no, it was kind of a sad moment in my life. Oh, the mulberry tree is gone. I don't know why, but I'm really sad about that, you know. And the mulberry tree was gone. And you know what my parents did? They took one little branch about this big. They snipped it off of that tree and they planted it in the ground. This was probably about 10 years ago. Now if you go to their house, there's a tree again. It's not quite as big. It's not quite as massive, but it's there. And I was just... It's this interesting thing that just popped into my head and I've been thinking about for a while. This mulberry tree meant so much to me. I don't know if you have any stories or thoughts from your childhood, things that you remember that are just beautiful, beautiful moments that even God, he puts it in you. It's times that you can go back to and feel peace and feel beauty. And I thought about that tree and just the fruit that it produced, the things that it produced, the good times it gave me, the things that that tree meant to me. And I thought again about our world. You know, you and I in this world, we want to be fruitful, productive people. I think every one of us would agree. None of us wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I don't care whether I'm productive at all. I don't care whether my life goes anywhere. I just, I'm going to sit and do nothing. None of us really think that way. There are moments in our lives when we feel really down, where we feel like things aren't going where we want them to go. And that's difficult. That's tough. Those are difficult moments. But the reality is, we think about our lives. We think about our jobs, our businesses, our families, our ministries, even in ourselves and our personal growth. We want to be fruitful, productive people. We want to be successful. And you know why we want that? It's because God designed us to be like that. 
He designed us to be successful people. Let me tell you, God doesn't design mediocre things. He doesn't design average things. And when he designed you, he had a great plan in mind. When he thought about you and he fashioned you in the womb, he had a good plan for you. It's not a mediocre plan. He, doesn't, he didn't build you to be average. He wants you to succeed. And we know how that works in this world. If you haven't really figured it out yet, let me tell you how that works in this world. Work more. Get a side hustle and a second side hustle and an online trading platform. Sleep less, work more, and you'll be successful, right? How many of us fall into that trap time and time again? I fall into that trap. I'm like, you know what, if I just put more effort in, if I just try again, if I just, you know what, I see that guy over there, and and he looks like he's really succeeding. He's like 55 businesses. You know what, I don't care about 55 businesses anymore. If you have 55 businesses, great for you. But I hope that you're balanced in your life, right? We think about this all the time, like, man, I got to just do more. I got to do more, and then I'll be more fruitful. That's the hustle. That's the hustle in this world. It's what it is. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with good, honest, hard work. It's the way that we're designed to be. We've had that conversation before, that we need to be the most hardworking people, the one that put the most effort in, the one that show up, the ones that are there first, the ones that leave last. Why? Because it's excellent and it's good and it brings glory to God. But when we glorify the work instead of the fruit, we end up living in the world's way instead of God's way. So let me explain something to you. Do you know this idea of work more, sleep less, and then you'll be successful? Do you know that actually forms part of the curse, not part of the blessing of God? It actually forms part of the curse. And it's true that that's the way this world works. When people go into like a corporate space and they're willing to do way more than anybody else, they end up getting promoted. They end up rising through the ranks. And it looks as though they are successful. And in some ways, they truly are. But in other ways, what price and what cost does that come at? The hustle is actually part of the curse. If you go back into the book of Genesis... You find this moment where, the, where Adam and Eve, they have the fall and they, they fail God and they hide from God and God comes looking for them. And God says to them, because of what you've done, there is a curse coming on you, on all humanity. And in fact, he says to Adam, cursed will be the ground in toil and labor and sweat and in difficulty, it will produce fruit for you. And with that fruit, it will produce, produce thorns and thistles and difficulty. With the sweat of your brow, will you eat of the fruit? It's part of the curse to toil and labor to be successful. And Jesus came and he kind of addressed this in his time. Jesus, if you know the stories through the gospels, Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke to people and he gave them the word of God in ways that most people didn't really understand. Some of it felt like stories. Some of it just felt like sayings. People didn't always get what Jesus was talking about. And one of these instances occurs in Mark chapter 4. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to read in Mark chapter 4. You can start to get that ready and, and find your place. And Jesus starts to speak into this idea of what it means to be fruitful, what it means to be productive, what it means to be successful. And when he speaks about it, he doesn't just speak about it in terms of work or in business or family. 
He talks about it from the inside out. He comes and speaks to us personally inside of ourselves. And so I want to give a little bit of context. You can take the scripture off the screen for a moment. We're not going to read it just yet. I want to give you a little bit of context to where we're going. In Mark chapter 3, at the end of Mark chapter 3, there's this crazy moment where Jesus is actually approached by a number of Pharisees and his family who come and say that he has lost his mind, lost his mind. And they want to grab him and take him home and have a good talking to with Jesus. He's sitting with his disciples and his family. Can you imagine? His family comes in, his brothers and his parents come in and they say to him, we're here to take you home. (laughs) You crazy. (laughs) You're doing weird things and we want to take you home. And Jesus says to them this really difficult thing. He says to them, who's my family? Because they say to him, your family is outside. They want to take you. And he says to the people, who's my family? These ones here, these disciples, these ones who I'm speaking to, they are my family. What was Jesus doing? He wasn't dishonoring his parents. He wasn't dishonoring his family. He was expanding who he was, showing the world right now, right in this moment, who am I? I'm not just a rabbi. I'm not just a good teacher or a good person or a worker of miracles. In fact, I am the Messiah. And my family is bigger than just the ones who I grew up with. My family is everyone who will choose me. And so out of this moment, the Pharisees are trying to use this moment to suppress Jesus. They're trying to push him down. They're trying to cast doubt on who he is. They're trying to get people to move away from following Jesus. And we get out of Mark chapter 3 into Mark chapter 4, and we see Jesus now begins to speak a number of parables to the disciples, not just the 12, but also the crowds of people who are gathering around him. And there's a number of parables in this chapter, and I encourage you to go read it. The first one is one of the most famous ones. It's, it's in fact, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard something about this. It's called the parable of the sower. And it's the story where Jesus talks about how a sower comes and he, he plants seed in four different types of ground. And in some of that ground, it roots for a while, it disappears, or it gets, um, it gets suffocated, or it gets hurt, or it gets stolen. But in one good soil, in one aspect, it roots and fruit is produced. And when he gets to the end of this parable, he says to the crowds that he's, he's done and he's moving on. And later on, his disciples ask him, what did that mean? And you see how Jesus works. He says in that moment, to some it's not given to understand, but to you, you have time with me and I'm going to explain to you what this means. And this is one thing we've got to get in our mind. We're going to get to our key scripture in a moment, but this kind of frames everything Jesus is about to say in this, um, in this chapter. He talks about how the seed that the sower sows is the word of God. It's the word. And when we understand deeper what the word of God is, it's not just the words that are said. It's Jesus himself. I think if you've grown up in church, you'll know the book of John chapter 1 helps us understand that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Then the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. John is helping us understand that Jesus is the Word of God. 
And in this moment, the disciples do not get it. They don't get it at all. They understand, okay, the sower sows words. So, okay, when you speak words, we need to receive them. And when we receive them, we'll grow. Sure, but that's only half the story. I want to tell you something. And I need you to maybe even to write it down, keep it in your mind. Listen to this. If we receive the teachings of Jesus, but miss the person of Jesus, we miss the point of the gospel. I want to say this one more time. If we receive the teachings of Jesus, but miss the person of Jesus, we miss the point of the gospel. See, Jesus didn't just speak words. Jesus was the word of God. He didn't just come to give good sayings or good understandings. He was the word of God. And he didn't just want people to accept his words, but to accept him. And this is the same challenge for us. We come week in and week out to church to receive a word from God. But if we listen to the teachings and miss the person, we miss the point of the gospel. You're not here to hear a good message from me. I can craft a good message. I can take time and grow my communication skills and be able to talk to you in a way that makes sense and you get something out of, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is not words. It's a person. Grace is not words. It's Jesus. And when we receive him, we receive more than just teachings, good words or good ideas. We receive life itself. And Jesus is trying to get everybody to understand this. Even when his, his parents and his family come to get him with those Pharisees, he's trying to show people that he's more than what they think. And so he starts by speaking about the parable of the sower. And after that, he speaks about a lampstand. And it's another famous one that many of us have heard where there's a lampstand. And he says, no one brings a lamp into a room and hides it under a box or puts it under a bed. No, but they bring it to the middle of the room so it can shine light to everybody. And what he's saying there, he doesn't explain it, but what he was really trying to say is that he is the light of the world. And in this moment, the Pharisees are trying to push him down. They're trying to put away who he is. They're trying to hide him. But no, he needs to be brought into the middle of the room so that he can shine light, that people might receive the truth, that understand and see, that no longer live in darkness, but live in light. And again, this is not just about Jesus telling them good things or teaching them good ways of living. It's about receiving the person of Jesus, who he is, and what he means to us. And then he comes and he retells the story of the sower, but in a different way. And this is our key scripture today. This is what I want to read together. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. It says this. It'll be on the screen. It says this. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. All right, I want to take a brief moment here. What is Jesus talking about here? He's gone through the whole parable of the sower, and now he almost retells it in a slightly different way. He said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. 
And I want you to see this. We're talking about the reality of being fruitful, about being productive, about being successful people. Something that doesn't start on the outside with what we do. It starts on the inside with who we are. If you want to be a successful person, you need to be successful inside before outside. The most successful people who are only successful on the outside are broken and damaged on the inside. And that same brokenness spills over into all parts of their lives. But if we want to be successful the way God wants us to be successful, we've got to be healed and whole and successful inward. And then it comes out. And so Jesus is speaking into this. He wants people to know that he is the Messiah. He wants people to know that he is the savior, that he is the one who is going to lead them from darkness into light. He is the one that's going to set them free. The same word is coming to us today, that he is the light, that he is goodness, he is God. And when we receive him, we receive all life. This is what he wants us to know. And to explain that, he says, the kingdom of God is like a man who sows seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or whether he gets up, The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Just think about that for a second. He doesn't know how it's working, and it actually doesn't matter how it's working. How the kingdom of God works is that it plants seed in the ground, and every time it finds good soil, it starts to grow. The seeds start to sprout. Things start to grow. We don't know how. And I want you to see something here. It says, whether he sleeps or gets up, it grows. Whether he knows how or whether he doesn't know how, it grows. I want you to read these words with me. It says, all by itself, the soil produces grain. I want you to hear that because that's the title of my message today. All by itself. We want to see that. The hustle might be part of the curse, part of the way that God did not design things to be. In the exact opposite way, fruit is produced all by itself. Outside of your work, outside of your talent, outside of your ability, outside of your education, outside of your ability to speak, outside of your business acumen, outside of your ability, it grows all by itself. Because that is the kingdom of God. Do you know that God designed us to be productive and fruitful through a spirit of rest, not a spirit of toil? That when the curse comes on you and you're toiling in the darkness and difficulty and trying to make things happen, you're actually agreeing with the world and with the brokenness of the world instead of God and his word for you. Jesus wants you and I to know that all by itself, fruit grows in you through the kingdom of God. So what is Jesus saying in this moment? He's saying the word, right? Seeds are the word of God. It's the things that he tells us. It's the great ideas and all the beautiful uh, sermons and preachers that he spoke about. But even deeper than that, it's about him. It's about his person. It's about who he is for us. It's about his finished work. You know, when we talk about toil and difficulty, Jesus did that toil and he went through that difficulty for us when he went to the cross. Because you ask the question, there has to be work placed in to make anything happen. It's true. That is how things are. In fact, God says that from the creation, from the moment of creation through the rest of time, there will be seed time and there will be harvest. There will always be a time where you have to put the seed down and wait until the harvest comes. There is work that must be done. 
But I want to tell you today that Jesus did the work for you. He says on the cross when he gives his life, it is finished. What is finished? Your redemption and my redemption. It's finished. That means the blessing that comes from God, that's apart from the curse, that is given to us because of his finished work, because of what he has done for us. Not because of what we can do for him, but what he has done for us. It's something we receive. It's something that we have because he gives it to us. It comes from a place of rest. Jesus helps us understand that we are to receive him. Not just what he said, not just the words that he spoke, but who he is for us. The King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, Jireh, our Lord Provider. He is everything we could ever need. And you know what? Right now, we need to become good soil ready to receive seed. Jesus is the seed that produces fruit. You see, he, he speaks about himself as the word of God, right? And he says the kingdom of God is like seed sowed. He is, the, the seed is the word of God. He is the seed planted in the ground. And as he is planted, he produces fruit in us. What's the soil? You and I are the soil. When we receive that seed into us and we become good ground to hear who Jesus is for us, it begins to produce fruit. How? All by itself. And so for a moment, I want you to think in your life, what, what do you need God to do? Do you need increase in business? Do you need success? Do you need things to grow? Does your business need to grow? Does your work life need to grow? What about your family? What about your spouse? Do you need growth in that area? What about personally? Where do you need growth? Where do you want to be fruitful? It's not going to come from your work. It's going to come from knowing who Jesus is for you and receiving the finished work of Jesus. You want to get past that addiction and find yourself in freedom? It's not going to come from you disciplining yourself and doing all the things right and making sure you keep yourself pure. No, it's going to come from knowing Jesus already set you free. And if you'll step into it, he'll set you free for life. If you want freedom in your life, receive it through the finished work of Jesus. I want to prove that to you a little bit. You know, we got to remind ourselves every day that we have a full supply because of Jesus. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of that, you are free from the curse, free from the toil and the sweat and the difficulty that comes with the curse. And you can step into rest and power, and freedom, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. I want you to see there's a key there, in Christ. You are the righteousness of God, not by yourself, in Christ, in Christ Jesus. And John chapter 15 helps us understand this. If you've been in church for a long time, you'll know this scripture, and I want to show you what it really means. John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 5 says this, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Remember that. He spoke about him being the seed. And his father, God, being the one who sows the seed. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, 
he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what is Jesus saying here? He's talking about how we are to abide in him. And as we abide in him, what happens? Fruit grows. And I want to take us back to that mulberry tree for a moment. I want to ask you the question, how did the mulberries grow? All by itself. It wasn't any of us. I'll promise you right now, I know, my father wasn't there feeding it special food or like wetting it in just the right places. To You know, no. We let that thing grow. It was in good ground. And what happened? Fruit popped out. And so when we see this true vine story that Jesus talks about, sometimes it goes over our heads because we don't work with grapes. I don't know if anyone here has ever worked in a vineyard or anything like that. This was way more normal for so many people in Jesus' time to understand what this was all about. But for us, the better way that... I can help us understand it is think about a tree, a tree planted in good soil with a thick, strong, healthy trunk going up. When Jesus says he is the vine, he's like that trunk, the tree trunk. It's planted and rooted in good soil. It's going nowhere. It's strong. It's getting all the nutrients up into itself. He is that tree trunk, and we are like the branches that come out of that tree trunk. If you cut one of those branches off, immediately it dies. Immediately it's done. It needs to be connected to the trunk in order to receive the life it's looking for. Jesus is saying the same thing. I am the vine, you are the branches. And every branch that's connected to me produces fruit. And it says here that every branch that does bear fruit, God prunes. That same word there, prune, right? Because we sometimes think, okay, prune, that sounds painful. I don't want God to cut any part of me out, right? It's a bit of a difficult thing. You know that word prune actually means clean. He cleans. Check this out. Because he says it again. You know, the Bible is an amazing thing, and the Bible translators are amazing people. But I don't understand this, because they use the same word twice. But one they say prune, the other one they say clean. Let me read it to you again. While every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans so that it can be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. That's that scripture. Just take one minute here. Jesus in this moment is speaking to disciples and non-believers, people who are trying to scope out, who is Jesus? Who is this guy and what is he saying? And he says to all of them standing and listening to him, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who are not in me, right, they're cut off. They produce no fruit. But those that are in me, they produce fruit. And if you are in me, my Father cleans you. Then he says to his disciples and he says to us, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. What is he saying? I am in you. And when I am in you, you are clean. 
When I am in you, you are ready. When I am in you, the fruit will produce. And day in, day out, I'm cleaning you. I'm putting you in the sun. I'm putting you in a way where you are going to be more and more fruitful. What do you and I have to do? Simply abide in Jesus. And fruit will grow. How? All by itself. This is the exact opposite to how the world works. The world says if you want fruit, you got to put effort, you got to put toil, you got to make it happen yourself. You got to build it because no one's going to build it for you. And they are so right. In this world, ain't nobody going to do anything for you. But in God's kingdom, He never designed us to build kingdoms by ourselves, He designed us to work to be in Christ, to simply rest in the finished work of Jesus. And as we abide in him, he bears fruit through us. What does the branch do in order to bear fruit? Nothing. Just simply receive what the trunk gives it. Just receive the light of the sun that comes to it. And all by itself, fruit pops out. What am I saying to you today? You are the branch And you're looking to be fruitful. You're looking to be successful. You're looking to grow, to become more. You're looking to be who God has called you to be. Maybe you know what your future looks like. Maybe you know what your calling is. Maybe you know all that you need. And you're putting in all the effort. And I applaud you. I'm so grateful for people who put in effort to push into where God has taken them. We need to be people who are who are people of excellence, who go in and out and work with the best of our ability. But I want to tell you today, it's not your work, it's not your ability, it's not who you are that's going to make you fruitful and successful. It is simply Jesus in you. It's something you need to receive today. And I know that this word is a word that we need to fully grasp. It's not a word that I can tell you and it'll just make sense. It's a word that the Spirit needs to reveal to you. He's got to give you revelation. I'm giving you the tools today. What I want you to do is every day, I want you to declare over yourself the word that Jesus declares over you. And this is what I want you to hear today. Jesus says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Jesus says, you are healed. Jesus says, you are free. Jesus says, you are redeemed. He says, you are righteous. He says, you are saved. He says you have the anointing. He says you have the ability. He says you are successful. He says you have all that you need. That is his word for you, purchased by his finished work on the cross. And every day you and I can come back and say, this is who I am because of who Jesus is. And it will birth fruit in us all by itself. Whether we get up, whether we sleep, Whether we know how it works or how it doesn't work, the seed grows all by itself. And I want to encourage you today that he is going to birth fruit in you like you have never imagined. I'm thinking about families right now. Do you know that a whole and together family is not a work of the mother and the father. It's a fruit of the spirit. Do you know that a successful and thriving business is not a work of a business owner? It's a fruit of the Spirit. Do you know that a thriving church and a, and a ministry that's impacting people's lives is not a work of a pastor? It's a fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to think today, what do you need? Do you need healing? 
deliverance, salvation. So your business needs to grow. What is that? It's not a work of your hand. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And those that abide in Christ and receive not just his words. Remember what I said. If we receive the teachings of Christ and miss the person of Christ, we miss the point of the gospel. It's not about just hearing Jesus' word, but receiving who Jesus is for you. Receiving his finished work, that he is the Messiah, that he gives us life. Receive Jesus and he will birth fruit through you. And so right across this place, will you take a moment just to get alone with Jesus? I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what you're struggling with or maybe what your difficulty is or maybe what your challenge is. But I know that Jesus is the answer to all problems, to all brokenness, to all difficulties. And so today I want to pray a prayer with every one of us. Every one of us wants to be fruitful. We want our lives to mean something. We want to impact the people around us. We want to be successful people. We want to be people who minister and love and touch the world around us. That is not a work of our hands. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And so I'm going to pray for fruit to come into our lives for a revelation of Jesus' finished work, for a revelation of who he is for us, that that's something we can receive, that as we receive the fullness of Jesus, we go out and we work in a way that is powerful and fruitful and favored and multiplied and everything works together because we are no longer agreeing with the curse, but we're agreeing with the blessing of God in Christ Jesus. So right now across this room, will you lift up your need to him? Father, we... Look to every person who might have a challenge or a need. Father, I look at businesses today. I look at um, job situations and family situations, Lord God. I look at people who are struggling with sickness and difficulty in their life. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would begin to bring a revelation to us of what it means to abide in Jesus. To receive, Lord God, not just your teachings and your word for us but to receive the fullness of who you are. You are not so interested in making people hear your words, but you wanted people to know who you are, who you were to them. And that is who you are to us. You are our Messiah. You are our Savior. You are our best friend. You are all that we need. And today we don't want to work and toil and strive and try and make things happen. You know our needs. You know where we have sickness or addiction or problem. You know where our marriages and our relationships need care and and growth. You know every need in this room. And so we lift it to you today. We take our hand off of the, the steering wheel. We take our foot off the gas trying to push our way into success. And we allow you to build fruit through us. I pray for every person who's looking inwardly right now asking you for maturity, asking for you to grow us up from the inside out. Lord, I pray that you multiply fruit as we abide in you. I pray for businesses today that our businesses will be more and more successful as we abide in you, as we receive who you are for us, as we remain connected to that trunk, to that vine. Lord God, I pray for every need right now, and I ask that you would bring much fruit fruit that brings glory to your name, fruit that shines a God who is higher than all things. Remind us every day of who we are in you. 
of who you are to us, the one who gives us all that we need. And so we love you, Jesus. We surrender our lives to you, every part of it. And Lord, as we're in this moment of rest as a church, the Lord, you will remind us we do not need to toil and work and strive to make things happen, but that in you, we can be productive and fruitful from a place of rest, a place of peace. We receive that today. So now all across this room, just receive that. Receive that word. It's not on your shoulders to make it happen. It's not on your shoulders. Receive the work of Jesus and let him build fruit through you. He is the vine. You are the branches. And every branch that is in him bears fruit, good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give a round of applause to Jesus for a moment? Hey everyone, we have now come to the end of our message and we would love to hear from you. So there's a few ways that you can contact us. You can either drop a comment in the chat below or you can visit our website which is www.collective.org.za and you can contact us from there. We just want to thank you for joining us again today and our messages come out weekly so we'll see you again next week.